Welcome everyone to Wii Universe. This is the uh, podcast where we are playing every single game in the Wii U catalog. We're playing them at random and sometimes we're lumping them together when thematically appropriate. And I think today you would agree the appropriateness is very thematic. These uh, all share something in common in the, the sense that they all come in plastic cases. They, they do. And they they're do. all for the Wii U video game console system. That's right. Today we're playing Ben 10, uh, Wii U Punch-Out, and, and Ninja uh, Gaiden 3. Exactly. Yeah, we're mixing all those because they're all on plastic <laughs> discs and are playable in a video game They machine. all involve humanoid characters. They do. Right. They do. Which actually the games we played don't technically involve any humanoid characters. They, they, they have a, implied humanoids. They're implied you humanoids. You just don't see yeah. them on yeah, screen. Yeah, they're, they're the specters of humanoids inside these, uh, uh, I believe they're called automobiles. Ah, yes, yes. Okay, I'm familiar with these. Uh, my name's Steve Guntling. Hi, I'm Woody Siskowski, and I'm full of Cinnabon. Oh, that's perfect. Was... That's perfect. He runs on Cinnabon. That's, that's your Nas, would you say? <laughs> yeah, that's the, I, I, I you, you fuel up with would. a Cinnabon, and it makes you go real fast. I, did, I just jam hot melted butter and like <laughs> cinnamon grease into the back of my car. Oof. Speaking of which, I need a ride home because my car has not been uh, performing up to snuff lately. Oh, dang. It's just like greasy goo has just been leaking out of the uh, exhaust pipe. I can't, I only thing I can guess is that you've got Slimers in your car. Okay. Um, so I know some people who can, you can call. Need to um, double up the intake of Cinnabons in there. Yeah. Shove, shove, uh, maybe I should start getting that pecan flavor instead. Oh, I think so. I that's, think cars... that's healthy for you. Oh, that's good. protein right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. That's, that's like, that's like, you can skip a workout if you have a pecan Cinnabon. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, so today we are talking about racing games, and it's been a little bit. I've I've forgotten uh, that these existed. Yeah, uh, completely put them out of my mind uh, after dominating the Nintendo sixty four run. We had to it play was, so many goddamn every, racing. Yeah, games. every episode of Ultra sixty four was a racing game, and then like a soccer game, it and was. then a racing game, and then a football game. We had and to, a racing game, then a basketball game. Like, even bundling them up in, like, packs of three, as we so did like with the racing games. five or six yeah, episodes. We still had so many episodes. If people will remember, we had uh, listener questions because we needed to fill out. There was, there was just nothing to talk about with these racing <laughs> games. I think the ones today uh, are a little bit more fully featured and yeah. uh, have a little bit more to offer. And a little more distinct identities, at least from one another. Yeah, and also some weird threads that are going through all three of them that we'll talk about. The three games we're talking about today, by the way, are Need for Speed, Most Wanted You, uh, Fast and Furious Most Showdown. Wanted me? Most wanted you. Oh, thank you. And uh, Hot Wheels World's Best Driver. So three uh, games with kind of uh, ungainly long titles. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So here's a question for you, Steve. Okay. Where does the need for speed rank amongst Maslow's hierarchy of needs? I think it's it's one of the baseline needs. So it's, it's like, like psychological needs. Psychological needs is and down then, there. And then need for speed. Yeah, yeah. So it's not like the very, very baseline, but it is, you know, before food and water, mm -hmm. I think you need some speed. Yeah. Um, well, think about it. If you're like, you know, an early primitive troglodyte. And I am. <laughs> yeah, that's why we have a podcast. That's how we know. That's the stage know. of evolution before people who don't have podcasts. <laughs> exactly. Um, <laughs> you have to run after that mammoth um, and, you know, to be able to spear it from close range and to get, catch up with it, you need that need for speed. You need it. You and need that's it. what uh, that's what this first game is about. That's what it's about. Uh, we play Need for Speed Primal and uh, yeah, it's a exactly. lot of fun. Um, before we get started with this, are you playing anything interesting lately? Uh... No, I'm not. I'm kind of in between things too. Like right. I, I did finish playing Nobody Saves the World on uh, Xbox yeah, Game Pass. It's which, a delight. Okay. Everybody should play that. I will it's play great. that. It's really fun. 
Um, otherwise, no, I'm just kind of doing like research games. So nothing terribly exciting, but you know, I'm going to find something new to play. There's, there, uh, there's, there's some of those are out there. Some of them are out there's there. A, there's a lot of games out there. It's kind of crazy. It's kind of <laughs> crazy. It's, it, there's, there's a one or two that maybe I haven't played. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, let's talk about our first game chronologically today, which is Need for Speed Most Wanted You developed, uh, released by on March 19th, 2013. It was developed by Criterion Games and published by EA. And it was also released on PS3, 360, Vita, Windows, iOS, Android, and Kindle Fire. So this came out between Criterion's release of Seven Samurai mm-hmm. and Playtime. Yes. Right? This was yeah, this yeah. was number four fifteen in the Criterion collection. Yeah, it's actually mm-hmm. part of the Jacques Tati box set. Okay. So like you can watch with Mon Oncle and uh and, and <laughs> Mr. Playtime. Hulot's Holiday. Mr. Hulot's Holiday, yeah, yeah. And then Need for Speed Most Wanted You, <laughs> you know, the the great uh, uh set of, of movies. Though there. it would be actually Pretty cool if there was a Jock Statis uh, Need for Speed. Like, <laughs> that would be a, a fun because there was a Need for Speed movie, yeah, which I have never seen. And uh-huh. It's probably pretty blando. It's probably but, pretty blando. But yeah. I, yeah, maybe we can get like a like a Smash Brothers style like French New Wave crossover. You know, it's like I, I I'm Eric Romer and you're you're Jock Tati, and then oh who who's coming in now? Oh, it's Jean Paul Belmondo. Watch out! I'm very impressed that you pulled three French directors. Out of your well, mind. two directors and an actor. But oh, whatever. okay, whatever, sure, whatever. Uh, either way. Um, so <laughs> I don't know how we got on this tangent. Uh, so Criterion Games, uh, they're a British studio launched in 1996, and they've specialized in racing and extreme sports games from the get-go. Their early efforts were games like Redline Racing and Trick Style, which most people don't really remember. Uh, but they first broke out with 2001's Burnout, which is a racing game that put a heavy emphasis on crashes and destruction. Uh, and it's great. That game is great. The whole series. We've we're we're uh, we're fans of the series. Burnout Three was a game that really had a moment. Yeah, like yeah. there was really a time where like Burnout Three was the game of the hour, and I think like won a few Game of the Year awards. Which it is, is not kind of the perfect distillation of of the, what Burnout does well. I think. Yeah, yeah, and it definitely felt like the later games were, which were also fun, were just kind of. They couldn't really find a way to do much more with the series. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they they did sort of hit a wall with it, which is uh, good because you go slow motion and you yeah. can control the crash afterwards. So when, once you hit that wall, you can sort of redirect yourself for maximum damage. You kind of can, you know. But you know, so they worked on the Burnout series for a little bit. Uh, they got acquired by EA uh, in two thousand four. You know, as as uh, many studios did. Yep. And they started working on the Need for Speed series in 2010 with a reboot of Hot Pursuit. When did Burnout Paradise come out? Burnout Paradise, uh, oh man, let me double check that because I feel like it was 2008, Okay, that sounds right. Let me see. And I think that's the last Burnout game. I believe so. It's 2008. Yeah, it is... uh, uh, yeah, absolutely. That's okay. the last one. So we've had a little bit, like, I was really glad. I was not particularly excited to play this game just because no. it's never been a series that I've been interested in, but it came with a very exciting reveal because mm-hmm. I have, like, wondered, like, why don't they make burnout games anymore? Like, those games were awesome. Yeah. People liked them. And then, I mean, I was not crazy about Burnout Paradise because of the open world structure, but it's still a very, like, fun fast it's a game. playable game either way um, yeah, yeah. and then i'm like why did they stop making burnout games and the answer is because burnout just became need for speed it did yeah it's that's like basically this what is happened. basically if you put this didn't tell me what the title of this game was and we're just like oh look they made a new burnout game and just showed me this i'd be like yeah yeah it yeah. seems right no reason <laughs> like, not to believe that yeah, yeah absolutely 
So, I mean, they they worked on two different Need for Speed games, uh, and aside from racing games, they worked on the uh, Xbox gun porn game Black. Do you remember that? Just, oh, Just sure. the cover of Bullets. There's <laughs> yeah. lots of bullets. And uh, they, they've taken over the Star Wars Battlefront series. They've done a game in the Battlefield series. And currently, according to their Wikipedia, they are c- working on a new Need for Speed game. Okay. So, we might see that series coming think, back. Yeah, I like I said, I haven't kept m- much in touch with the Need for Speed series. I always associated with like PS One games. Yeah, yeah. Which was you know the original Need for Speed Most Wanted, and it always felt like sort of the more arcadey option compared to Gran Turismo. Yeah, a li- like a little goofier, but. I don't, do you have much experience with this franchise? This is my first time playing a Need for Speed game. Okay. And uh, I, I was looking into the series a little bit because it's one I've always been kind of curious about. It seems to go beyond like just standard racing tropes. It finds some new things to do with it, which is the kind of racing game I like. Right. You know, I don't just want like hyper precision or like super accurate cars. I just want goofy fast action. Uh, but I mean, I don't know. This this could be like a potential like Ultra 64 DD series one day. Mm. It, it's... It goes in some weird directions. Um, As just kind of a brief overview, the series debuted in 1994 under the very ungainly title of Road and Track Presents the Need for Speed. Oof. Uh, It's so antithetical to the idea of a need for speed to be like, hello, this is Road and Track Magazine, bringing you finely cultured content in the re- in the realm of automobiles. Today, the need for speed. Yeah, did this Why game not come- enjoy it while sipping on your martini? It just came with like a pair of driving gloves, yeah, you know, exactly. or like a, a fancy newsboy cap. Yep. Uh, you know, I think it is safe to say that this series is the most enduring legacy of the 3DO. Mm. This is a, a series, one of the few that debuted on the 3DO and existed beyond that doomed seri- right. like console. You know, Gex is another one, but Gex is, he died in George uh, uh, George Michael's pants yeah, somewhere. Exactly. Boy so, George's pants. Boy George's pants, that's it. I, that, I that's in the sequel is Boy George's pants meets George Michael's pants. I, you <laughs> know what? They might have met. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? I, I hope think they, they may have announced a new Gex. Did they I'm really? Not, I... Let's just let's just plant that seed that I may be spreading misinformation on the okay, internet. Okay, all right. But uh, you know, in the scope of harmful misinformation on the internet, new gex not too bad. New, you know what? Yeah, no, that's so, not going to hurt anybody. Yeah. Get your hopes up, people. Yeah, new exactly. gex coming. Dana Gould on board. Uh, yeah. So yeah, this this was uh, a early game for the 3DO, but I think it really crossed over when it hit PS1 and Saturn. Yep. Uh, and you know, the series when it began was you're pretty standard racing game you know mm-hmm. you drive in a big circle you outrun other people that's about it okay i think the series kind of started distinguishing itself by the time need for speed 3 came out that one was subtitled hot pursuit mm. and that introduced the concept of police chases to the series which is kind of i think when you think of need for speed now that's sort of what you think of like definitely it's, it's a it's a pursuit thing it was i guess the first did did street racing kind of have a moment where it felt like there was a lot of street racing branded things in there like definitely kind of the was. late nineties, early two thousands. Yeah, yeah, which which will kind of feed into the right. next game that we talk about, you know, because it, it was definitely having a moment. Um, and I think Need for Speed Underground was that the mm-hmm. series that yep. kind of capitalized on that a little bit more. But either way, Hot Pursuit was the one that kind of made the series big enough that it could kind of start sub-franchising itself, okay. you know? So now there's, like, Need for Speed Underground, there's Need for Speed Undercover, there's Shift, there's Most Wanted, there's, like, all kinds of different sub-series with their own sequels. And they're all kind of scratching different itches. Right, I I, I randomly own a copy of Shift and was just messing around on my PS3, and I'm like, yeah, I'll try this. Yeah. And that is very much based on, like, sort of precision 
like fairly accurate driving like yeah it's, it's called, like a stock car thing right? yeah and it's yeah, it's yeah. literally called shift because that felt like the main gameplay mechanic is shifting gears where you make different <laughs> kinds of turns and i'm like this game is not for me no 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 i don't like doing that in my regular car yeah. so yeah i don't know what to tell you um, the Most Wanted uh, was introduced in 2005, and it added kind of an open-world element to the series, which let people cruise around the city mm. looking for races and different story-based challenges. And that one was a big hit. It had a couple of sequels called Carbon and Pro Street. Uh, so the game we're talking about today is the 19th Need for Speed wow. game in 19 years. That's insane That is me. insane. Uh, and it's the second one to be called simply Most Wanted. Uh, this was viewed as kind of a soft reboot of the series that sort of tried to merge Need for Speed gameplay with Burnout gameplay. Right. Now that's under this new direction. Uh, the series was just coming off one of its few, like, whiffs you know one of the few games that people didn't like and that was a 2011 game called need for speed the run which is made by firebrand games who we will be talking about later in this episode oh um so for this game the developers wanted to strike a balance between the arcade heavy action of burnout and then more serious driving sims so they they borrowed a little bit from both uh it had a pretty huge development budget and extensive marketing campaign which which hyped not only the gameplay but also the soundtrack and this was kind of the heyday of ea spending a lot on soundtracks. Yeah, and I, I brought this up as we were playing it. There is a very certain type of song and sound that, like, the emo pop punk bands, like, yeah. must have just been bankrolled by EA. Oh, my God. Because, yeah. like, or, like, Jimmy World or something, like, just bands that I have no interest to listen to in my real life. Yeah, if but. you if you had, like, a lock of hair that was been bl- uh, blackened and then put down over one eye, then uh, you pretty much are in an EA game. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it was even in EA games where you wouldn't think that they would have spent a bunch of money on the soundtrack. Like, I remember, uh, like, MLB 2004. Yeah. Like, just, like, had a big... Like, it had a radio feature, but the music only played in the menus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, and Burnout had the same thing, where they had, like, a big soundtrack. This one had, like... Uh, early tracks by Skrillex and Dead Mouse and kind of like those electronic groups that would get pretty big. There's always the like, years. I don't know, it was pretty consistent in games that there were like three or four tracks that I was excited to hear and then just a bunch that just kind of bled into each totally, other that I totally. had no sort of memory of. And three, maybe it's just because I played that game so much, but like that game did not have a very good soundtrack. No, no, it didn't. It was all pretty goofy, pretty disposable. Yeah. Uh, it didn't re- didn't really feel like it got you amped. The no. Way you wanted for that game. No, not really. Um, so this version of Most Wanted came out in the fall of 2012, and it was a big hit. It earned a bunch of Game of the Year awards, and it sold better than the last few games in the series. Wow. Uh, and the Wii U port came out about six months later, and that included all of the DLC, off-TV play, and motion-controlled steering with either the Wii Mote, the Pro Wheel, or just steering the gamepad like you're a big boy driving Oof. with mommy. Yeah. Uh, that's how. What percentage of people who play this game do you think actually did that and were excited about it? Like 100%. Oh, wow. Every single one okay. of us has played yeah. that. I don't know. <laughs> it's just, that, it, you know, because that feature was kind of in there in like the early Wii games, like Mario Kart and stuff. Yeah. And you kind of mess around with it initially, and you're like, this is just not precise, and sure. I keep like just crashing into walls, and I don't know. Or one of my favorite things was when people discovered like that the Wii U steering wheel actually doesn't do anything; oh, it's yeah. just a cradle. So people like uh, people online were just putting their Wiimotes in bagels, <laughs> just driving <laughs> like that. It works just fine. Like it doesn't matter what you put it in. Yeah, yeah. Or it, it is funny too if that setting is enabled, and you know, if you play with someone who hasn't played games much, they will just naturally tilt the controller they as yeah, they yeah, play. Yeah. One of my <laughs> favorite things to witness every time. Yeah. I, it always makes me smile. Not in a condescending <laughs> no. way. I just really genuinely like it. 
Um, but there were some other like Wii U uh, exclusive features. Like you have kind of a control pad on your game screen that lets you do weird stuff. Like you can turn off traffic. Yeah, which is nice. Which is cool. You could turn off, like you can change the time of day and the weather conditions at like a touch of the button, which mm -hmm. is Or you could cool. just have it be a nice big map, which is also very welcome. Which is great. Yeah, yeah. Because, all right, so... This game is an open world racer, very similar to uh, games like Burnout Paradise. Yes. It takes place in a this fictional is, this city. This is very much the sequel to Burnout Paradise. Very like, much. I so. think Burnout very Paradise so. sold pretty well, it and did. so it was weird that nothing came of it. But like I said, like this is what came of it. It's an is, extension of that. Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, this is set in a fictional city called Fairhaven. Which that's made, not a fictional city. I know. That's the thing. It's for for people in our neck of the woods. There is a Fairhaven neighborhood of Bellingham, and you cannot street race there. Well, it maybe is, uh, it is full of small artisanal uh, yeah. shops with very narrow hilly streets. You can go and you know you can rent an apartment that costs. $2,600 a month. Sure. Or you can buy some artisan dinosaur fossils. You can definitely do that. Yeah. Yeah. Weird glass. Weird blown yeah. glass. Yeah. Poke. Yeah. Like, these are not the kind of places that they're driving by in Need for Speed. No. No. Which is a very, like, New York-y kind of city. Yeah. But basically, uh, you, you, there's no real plot to speak of. You're just a car, and you're driving around trying to outrace other cars to be mm -hmm. the best car. Yeah. King uh, of the cars, You want to be king of the cars. <laughs> Uh, so Rain over the other cars with an iron muffler. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, it, all of everything's kind of done pretty simply here. You have uh, access to all of your different races, customization, everything through the D-pad, which I really appreciated. Mm -hmm. Like you can just bring it up at any time and just kind of cycle through. Yeah, the game doesn't like the game will stop, but it does. It just pauses. It doesn't bring you into another screen or anything. No, no. And, I, I'm I'm just so glad you don't have to like. Find a garage and then pull in backwards into the garage. Which I and select a different think car. you had to do in Burnout Paradise. I like think so. honestly, like every time I try to give Burnout Paradise a chance, I get super annoyed by that. In terms of like, if you want to trade cars, you have to go to a specific spot, or if you want to start a race, you have to drive to that starting line. Like if you fail a certain race, you can restart it. Yeah. But then if you want to go to a different race, you have to drive there. Yeah. And yeah. He here you could still do that if you want to, you know, explore the city. There's all these billboards around that you can smash for yeah. extra points and unlockables or Take just that bioware yeah, yeah or just cars that are around that you can just inhabit the soul of sure because you never see your human character in this game. yeah this is a funny and, thing they 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 refer to these as jack spots which made me laugh it's like yeah. all right you got to go find a good jack spot and then you <laughs> right can, on the corner of fifth and main <laughs> just 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 jack it right there find a jack spot and be rewarded with a porsche congratulations yeah. like you jacked publicly yeah what, what what happened in the interim there when the screen goes black and you just wake up and you're in a porsche um but <laughs> once you state. once you find like you know, an actual race starting area, then you can go, or it will sort of show all the races that are available and unlocked to you at the time yeah. and their prize money. And pri um, sometimes you get like prize equipment mm -hmm. and then you can just select them with the D pad and it will teleport you right there. Which is cool. Like, mm -hmm. I, I think this system is very intuitive. I like that every, I mean, actually it's kind of similar to nobody saves the world where it's like every character in that just like every car here has their own set of goals okay that are completed independently you know and if you just want to like kind of stifle uh, uh go but switch between them at any time you can uh you know so that's kind of cool each each car has its own set of races there are three basic types of races in this game there's sprint which is uh just getting between two points on a map really quickly uh there's circuit which is a tournament style with at least two laps okay or there's speed where you're just trying to beat a certain time okay and then sometimes you'll get drawn into ambush races where you'll need to like try and escape 
the cops as the as they pop up and, 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 and the cops will be summoned if you cause too much damage in front of them too. And that's kind of the trade-off, whereas burnout like really emphasized there was a lot of modes in burnout where you like tried to create damage or mm-hmm. tried to crash into other people. Or even if you did crash yourself, you could, like we said earlier, slow down time and like direct your car into other cars. Yeah. Here, there's still like a takedown mechanic where you can smash dudes into the wall, mm. but it doesn't like do that sweet camera angle where it pans on there and the cars, the other cars like flying in there. Right. That's satisfying. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And there's no, there's only these racing modes. Like I really missed. The road rage mode from Burnout, which is one of my favorite things where you just try to Me make too. as many cars crash as possible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I missed that as well. And But it, the game feels and looks really good. Like, mm-hmm. I'm very happy with the presentation. It feels very fast and responsive. Again, I don't think it quite has the same level of speed and like very quick reaction time that burnout does like when you drift your car like when you drift in burnout you can really drift fast yeah yeah and here it's not quite that much but i think that's just a step of trying to make it feel a little more realistic yeah yeah and i i you know this is all like pretty good like everything that's here is pretty solid and really fun i think you and i kind of ran into the same frustration with the actual races which is that the due to the nature of kind of the open world style of the game and how it, it wants you to experiment and kind of find your own routes, it often means like you'll go pretty wildly off the track yeah. if you're not paying close attention. You know, it's, you need to kind of be eyeballing your mini map the entire time, which has your route printed out like in Grand Theft Auto. Uh, but some it's pretty easy to miss that, especially when things are going by so fast. And yeah. there is a really good sense of speed here. And it, it's like they don't the tracks don't always go in the most intuitive way. Like sometimes you'll be driving straight and like the game wants you to veer off to the left. But if you just keep driving straight, like it'll, it'll say you missed the checkpoint, but you won't actually realize that you went the wrong way until you look down at the mini map and you have to flip a UE. Uh, That, that, and that's the same problem that I have with burnout paradise to me that almost renders the game unplayable because like, my focus has to be so split. Like I want to play a game like this because I want to feel like I'm sort of in the zone mm-hmm. of just like I'm focusing only on this. Like it's the same reason you would play like an Ikaruga or something sure, like that. Sure, of just sure. like I'm weaving between all of these bullets. Here you're weaving between all of these cars and it's like so fast. But you're like, man, I made it through this whole race without crashing. And here to have to have that focus split with one eye like glancing down at the lower left corner of the screen to make sure, yes, I'm still on the green line. Right, right. Just kind of ruins that feeling for me. Because I'm sure there are other shortcuts and ways to like initially go the wrong way and then cut through correctly. But once I'm having to sort of explore and navigate around, that feeling of just like, white knuckle speed is gone right to me like those are one those are like two different genres yeah like the arcadey super fast like smashing racing game and the sort of drive around and explore the environment at your leisure racing game right and i wish that when you played the races in this they would just kind of uh fence off some of the sides so you just couldn't go the wrong way and i'm okay with like the explorer the explore facets of this game, like between races. Yeah. Um, but I just find that very frustrating in general. No, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. And it's, you know, I was thinking like the last time I remember actually 
memorizing a map or like charting things on a map in a video game without having to use a mini map was Grand Theft Auto 3. Okay. And that was just because it was early and we weren't used to that map system. And then pretty soon that map system's in every game and it becomes kind of a crutch. But yeah. But I think this is a game that would benefit from knowing the streets very intimately and being able to kind of like cut around and, and make your own fun paths. Yep. But you lose checkpoints and you lose like progress if you get lost and, and it could result in a lot of retrying, which is frustrating. Yep. You know, so that's kind of really my only big complaint about the game, though. There's a lot going on here. It looks really nice. It, it runs nicely on the Wii U. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't really notice any major loading problems or, nope. or lag issues. Um, you know, this game is heavily focused on online multiplayer, right. which we no longer have access to on the Wii U. So that might be a detriment. It's probably not available anywhere anymore. I mean, like the online features might still work on like ps3 or something sure but you wouldn't have anyone to play with but maybe if you had you know someone who also had this game yeah but you know there's been more need for speed games like this game when i realized that it was a criterion game and that it was basically just burnout i was yeah. very excited about it mm-hmm. and i'm like oh are there newer need for speed games that like maybe don't have this open world mechanic because really that is all i want it's a game that plays like burnout that just has a menu base yeah go to the next level mechanic um, and the narrative with these Need for Speed games is EA actually gave the franchise after Criterion made a couple to a different company Yeah, who um, did a t- couple less well-reviewed Need for Speed games, and now Criterion has it under control again. Right. And so I think there's going to be a new Need for Speed game, you know, this year next, right along with the new Gex game. I'm That's sure. what they're saying. Yeah, yeah. I think Gex is driving the car. Yeah, exactly. So get excited about that. All right, let's move on to our next game, and that is Fast and Furious Showdown. This was released May 21st, 2013, developed by Firebrand Games, published by Activision, and it was also released on PS3, 360, 3DS, and Windows. So Firebrand Games, they are weirdly all over this episode. Completely Mm -hmm. unwitting on my part, I didn't realize, but uh, they they, they, uh, messed around with a Need for Speed game, and they also developed both of the next games that we're talking about, which is kind of coincidentally. Yeah. Uh, they're a Scottish developer, and uh, they they were founded in 2006. They got their start with kind of kiddie games like Cartoon Network Racers and Crayola Treasure Adventures. Oh, Lots of that's Nintendo. One of my, that's DS one of my stuff. favorites. Oh, I know you're you're yeah. a, you're a, I'm a real a, Crayola a C- head. CTA head. Yeah. yeah. Um, soon, uh, EA put them in charge of DS ports of the Need for Speed series, starting with Undercover. Wait, in I 2006. have a question. Yeah. What do you think? The do you think in Crayola Treasure Adventure? Do you think you play as a crayon? I'm willing to bet, yeah, because isn't there, there's like a, a couple of direct-to-video uh, Crayola movies with like anthropomorphized crayons. Okay. Like voiced by Luke Wilson or something. Like, the I forget. Follow, follow-up question to that is, yeah. if, you, if you, Steve, were an anthropomorphic crayon, yes. what would you consider to be a treasure? Like, what would you be out looking for where you're like, goodness, now I'm very excited? I'd probably just be looking for one of those big boxes with the sharpener built in. Yeah. Right. That seems like a that's like a, a mansion but if you're a crayon. Isn't that like isn't a sharpener like if you're an anthropomorphic crayon? Mm. Isn't a sharpener like you're cutting off like the top of your head and like? <laughs> yeah, but I know it seems brutal, but it's kind of their culture, you know. Okay. Like I don't want to I don't want to take that away for anything. I don't I don't want to be policing crayons. No, at that's all, a good but, point. You know. Who are we like as non anthropomorphic? I find it barbaric, but if they want to shave their heads down, you know, they can they can That's absolutely true. We do need it. to respect the traditions of those anthropomorphic grands different than us. We do. We okay. Do. Good. That was <laughs> thank you. Thank you for following up. 
so yes, uh, uh, after a prolific couple of years producing racing games to very low to middle acclaim, uh, the studio slowed down considerably. They haven't released any games since 2020. Uh, however, they have been vocal about wanting to take a crack at uh, reviving the F-Zero franchise for Nintendo. Ooh. So um, I'm hoping not. No, that would be Criterion, crazy. sure. Yeah. Like Criterion was no, that would be great. That'd be dope. Uh, yeah, that'd be great. Also, I mean, Nintendo has done a fine job. Or sure. just make Sega do it again. The last one Sega made was amazing. That was really fun. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. or just Nintendo, go back and yeah. do it. All right, so let's talk about the Fast and the Furious. Now, if you had told me... In 2001, when I went with some friends to see that first movie, The Fast and the Furious, which is just a goofy car racing movie with the uh, action stunts, like if you told me that was going to be the biggest film franchise like ever, <laughs> one of the biggest yeah. film franchises ever, I would not have believed you. My relationship to The Fast and the Furious first movie was, oh, wasn't that the one with Nicolas Cage? And sure. someone was like, no, that was gone in 60 seconds. And I'm like, oh, yeah, whatever. I think like, like they came out within like a month of each other or something. Yeah. Like, is that one of those Italian jobs? <laughs> it's like, nope, it's a different thing. No, no, no. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Fast and the Furious, I didn't really realize until a couple years later that it's just a straight up Point Break re- ripoff. Oh. Uh, like it's almost the exact same plot, except Point Break is amazing. <laughs> um, you know, but it launched Vin Diesel and Paul Walker to big stardom. But then... They had two different disappointing sequels, and they were kind of like hemorrhaging cast members with every movie to the point where I don't think a- any of them are back for three. Was Except that, Vin Diesel pops up in the end credits, but like, that's and that's it. kind of the point where you like, okay, this kind of feels like it's a franchise that's going the way you would have predicted. Of sure. like, it's this sh- sort of schlocky blockbuster initially, and then it kind of has these things that seem doomed for like. You you kind of assume that the third and fourth one are going to be like direct to DVD. Or yeah, something. it's going to go the Tremors route, you know, where it's just kind of uh, uh, decreasing returns. Th- th- those who like it are sort of in the tank, but it's not getting new fans. But right. really, that's not how it worked that's out. That's not how it worked out, because in 2008, we got Fast and Furious, which uh, swapped out definite articles for <laughs> original cast members. And this turned out to be like a big enough deal the fact that they had uh, Vin Diesel, Paul Walker, Michelle Rodriguez, Jordana Brewster, all the all the kind of major people from the first movie are all back for the first time. Now, this is only seven years later. I don't right. know why people got so nostalgic for that original cast in just seven years. And it's also weird because, like, none of even though you know those are all like none of those actors became like A grade movie stars outside of this franchise. Like Not even really. Vin Diesel even, tried. Like, yeah, but he had those three franchises all at the same time. He he was really favoring Riddick. They, yeah. that one. He, that's the franchise he wanted to do, but it didn't really go. So he came back to Fast and Furious, and then when that took off, he came back to Triple X and tried Riddick again. And like I don't know. So he does just kind of have those three right. franchises that he's living in. Um, but yeah, I mean, weird. Like Fast and Furious was like a ridiculously big hit. It was mm, huge. It was okay. huge, and it paved the way for. Fast Five to come out a few years later, which was an even bigger hit, but kind of surprisingly, it was also like a critical favorite. Like, right. people love that fucking movie. And to the point where I'm like, I had written this series off entirely, and then I just kept hearing about how amazing Fast Five was, and I checked it out. And yeah, that movie's fucking incredible. It was cool. It, the cool thing about this franchise, like, is that it is so open about its sort of dumbness. Yeah. And that critics sort of are on the same wavelength as that. They're like, yes, we know this is dumb, but right, we, you can, we enjoy it. And it's not like, because usually that's the kind of, you'd think that this would be the kind of thing that like critics would sneer at and, you know, fanboys would be like, what are you talking about? It's awesome. But it's yeah. like people are on, in agreement that it, everyone's in agreement that yes, it's very dumb 
but yes, they are very good movies. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's this weird balance. It's like at some point, they, these characters have become immune to car crashes, mm-hmm. and there is no situation in which uh, crashing a muscle car through a wall would not solve it. Right. Like, that's kind of the whole point of this series from this point on. They really lean into it. They start expanding on the supporting cast and kind of building this whole big universe of these very likable characters. And uh, it's still going strong. Fast 9 came out last year. They went to space. Uh, yeah. That's that's how far they this They crashed a muscle gone. car through a satellite. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. To, to be clear, yeah. they did not take a spaceship into space. They strapped a muscle car to a rocket and then crashed it into a satellite. Yeah. Um, spoiler for a fairly new movie, I guess. Sorry well, about that. It's okay. But, um, I, the interesting thing about that narrative is that if you had made a game based on the first Fast and Furious movie, or even the first three Fast and the Furious movies, mm-hmm. it wouldn't have been that hard to sort of imagine what that game looked like. Right. But when you're making a game at this point, or even even seven years ago, you know, like between Fast 5 and Fast 6, yeah. that is based on the franchise, you're like, what kind of game is that? Because now, even though, you know, they're still car-based they spend a lot of time in different kind of vehicles. Yeah. There's a lot of just running around and shooting at dudes. Like, and so you're like, okay, is this an on-foot thing where you play as Vin, or is it just sort of a street racer? I mean, they've got and, one where The Rock and Vin Diesel fight each other with wrenches. It's yeah. great. You know, or it was Jason Statham, I think. Yeah, either way. But, they fight with wrenches. Yeah, that's, that's what matters. There's wrench fighting. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, what kind of shape does this take as a game anymore? Obviously, um the auto part needs to be a strong component right. of it. But like, yeah, now you, you have a little bit more room to get goofy with it. And uh, weirdly, you know, this, this is now a $3 billion film franchise. It's, it's unbelievably massive. Uh, and weirdly, there have not been very many games developed in this world. Most and- of them were mobile. There was a couple, there's a 2006 one called the fast and the furious. That's just like based on the first movie and it rips off project Gotham racing and there's another one from just last year called Fast and Furious Crossroads that nobody played. Uh, no mm-hmm. one, I don't even know where to find it. Okay. Um, but I mean, there there were a couple of arcade games, mostly mobile games, and then this one today. Uh, so it and feels like a missed opportunity. What I will say, speaking of missed opportunities, because what I will say about this game is, I think they go at it with the right approach. I, I agree. Like, yeah. this game is only a car game like you're only driving around yeah but it's mission based so mm-hmm. you just go from one level to the next um there's no big open world wasting your time um and there's cutscenes between each mission where these two characters kind of are tracking the whereabouts of the different cast members from uh from the crew yeah and be like okay this guy's down in rio this guy's in moscow and then you kind of follow and see what they're up to and then you kind of just reenact sort of memorable scenes from the various movies. Yeah, yeah. Not a, not a bad approach. Like, the framing device here is that uh, two of the characters from the series, one is Monica Fuentes, who is played by Eva Mendes, and the other is uh, Riley Hicks, played by Gina Carano. And they are conferring, like, trying to get information on Luke Hobbs, who's, like, mm. the villain of Six. Uh, and he's, uh, uh, you know, I don't know. So they're, they're trying to find his whereabouts, 
And so that kind of brings in like the crew's entanglement with them throughout the years. So we're yeah. looking back at all the different times they've it's crossed It's essentially their path. like a clip show it's of clip Fast show. and Furious. Yeah, yeah. Which is good because there's, I mean, at this point there's been, you know, six movies out that they want to explore. Yeah, you, you've got enough material to play with, which is cool. It, I think that the problem, a couple problems are those cutscenes themselves are not very interesting. They don't feel like much reward. They just take place in an office and neither actress is really putting much behind it. No. Nor so that, has anything very interesting to it's say. It's not really Eva Mendes. It is really Gina Carano, who, uh, not a great actor. Mm-hmm. Um, also pretty transphobic and kind of a horrible person. Um, you know, and then I think you get um, Luke Evans and Sung Kang also come back and reprise their roles. But I think that's it. Vin Diesel and Paul Walker are noticeably absent. Right, and not, I don't, just, not just their voice acting. Yeah, yeah. The, the character models, like there is a character model for Brian, but I didn't see one for Dominic yet. Well, you um, know that if they had, no, I mean, it's obvious, because if they had the rights to Vin Diesel's likeness, he would be front and center. Like, you'd and Vin see Diesel's him right at the beginning. a video game guy. He made right. his own video game starring himself called The Stuntman, is that it? Where he's, oh, I don't know. Yeah, I think he, he did make a game starring himself. And I mean, the game that he lent his likeness and voice acting to is one of the best licensed games ever made. Absolutely, absolutely. So. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, yeah, he, he it's very clear that they did not want to be involved in this. So, yeah, as and I think appropriately to the series as well, this game is also all about family, meaning co-op. It's all about oh, co-op. Yeah. Most missions, or all missions, I think, are co-op mm-hmm. available. Uh, you'll either play with AI or uh, with local co-op. There's no online co-op whatsoever, which is great for us. Yeah. Um, works out really well. So the thing that I liked is they seem to put real... I mean, one of the things that is cool about the Fast and the Furious franchise is they really find goofy ways to make... Like, just little gimmicks that each sort of climax of the movie will have some weird sort of car modification yeah. or something like that to just give it that little extra spice. So your first mission here, you are in this car with kind of a uh, a slanted hood. Yeah, these are from Six. Like, okay. They, they designed them specifically to, like, wedge themselves underneath other cars, but they've got, like, these impermeable titanium shells so they can just do a lot of damage. So you can just drive right into or behind other cars, and they will just whoop yeah. right, right over the top of you. And they have a hydraulic flipper in this one. So, like, if you get a car right under your wedge, you can just, like, send it flying. Yeah. It's really pretty satisfying and fun i kind of wanted this to be the whole game like <laughs> or this to be like a new feature of rocket league or something yeah you know? like totally or or a car that you can unlock in need for speed yes <laughs> yes 100 percent. you know that that's really fun and i think that's a good idea and then one of the earliest stages that we played is maybe the best scene in the entire franchise which is the safe heist from fast five where they attach a gigantic metal safe between two fast cars and then drag it down the streets of rio and just destroy everything in their path and so we played that section where we're each controlling a car with the big ass safe like swinging between yeah. us. Like it's a fun idea, but I think that scene is sort of demonstrative of the problem with this game mm. is that it just doesn't feel right. Like no. you're driving you're driving this car that should feel like it has like this real feeling of like heft and power behind it and it just feels very floppy. Yeah. And even in when that safe like flings forward and like drags you behind it or you know you're trying to drag the safe like nothing you don't you don't get that feeling of either resistance or being pulled out of control or anything yeah the only time you really feel it is if there were a few times where i would hit a wall and get turned around and then i would get course corrected because you were still going forward dragging and with the safe in between and that would kind of pull me back on track that was the only time i really felt the physics there right but even so like it never quite has that feeling of impact. Like no. Need for Speed has a really 
satisfying thing of where you like graze up against something on you know the corner of a rail the whole screen will kind of shake and you'll be like whoa yeah it kind of wakes you up here you're just kind of even though it feels arcadey and kind of fun to just be able to run into every car and never you you can't really crash in this game no. like you have a life meter that will slowly shrink as you hit the rails mm-hmm. and then like if it goes to zero you know you have to restart the mission but you can't crash individually no and so everything just feels pretty weightless and floppy. Yeah, yeah. Which is just not what you want. No, not really. Uh, we tried a couple of the the bonus modes here as well. So there was like, there's a weird one where like one player controls Brian like hanging out of the window with a machine gun mm-hmm. while the other player drives. And, and it's again, sure, a fun idea. And I'm sure that is a level or two or three in the main game. I yeah. That's something and it's, they put in there. This is kind of, we've, we've both kind of talked about how we're, we're soft defenders of the Starsky and Hutch video game for PS2 because yeah. it's got mechanics kind of similar to this. Uh, but this one was more frustrating than fun because the camera controls are kind of sickening. It's very, yeah, this, this get, we need a special like, uh, vomit metal that yeah. goes to Transformers, Beast Wars, Transmetals and, uh, this game because, yeah. If you are the driver, one of the players will play as the gunner, one is the driver. And so if you're looking at the, if you are the gunner, Mm. the camera flops around based on where the other person is driving. Right. And you might be looking behind you because you're being tailed by some other car, Mm. but then the person in front is driving to the left and right and the camera's sweeping back and forth. And I was, I was playing on the TV and I'm just like, oh, I have to look away. Yeah. 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 And, and driving, it isn't that much more fun really, you know, because you're still crashing and everything. What was the other mode? It was there was like uh, just the, a racing one and then the other two where there was oh there's a, a chicken yeah no I don't think there was a chicken there was a uh, speed test no, where you it. had to like go as fast as you could um, through these speed cameras and if you had a, enough speed you would pass the level okay and it, it's just it didn't like, make sense no yeah. and none of the levels are very cinematic like they're cinematic because they're based on scenes from the movie but again the safe the safe example is you pull it, and then you're just kind of on this big open road for like four four minutes. And you're like, like when really, is... Really, the missions are very long. Yeah, yeah. For, and you're like, when is this going to end? There's no like triggered moments where like the camera shifts and you see like the characters like jump off a bridge or like cop cars like drop down from ramps up above. Mm-hmm. It just, it doesn't feel sort of... You don't feel like you're in the action so much as it's like just kind of a skinned sandbox of Fast and Furious like themed moments. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good way of putting it. Like I know there's also a mechanic later on in the game where you'll be hijacking other cars by like jumping from hood to hood, you know, which is fun. Yeah, no, that's all uh, cool. I it like I'm I really like the ideas behind this game, I think it just suffers from not being that fun to play. Uh, yeah, and I, I mean, this uh, looking at reviews, this had a pretty toxic reception, mm-hmm. which I don't think it fully deserves. Like, it's not a disaster, and they have some good ideas. I think it it, it lacks in the execution. Yeah. But I think if but you were like, making a new, like, AAA Fast and Furious game, I think this is a good template to start from. Yeah, yeah. really all you would have, have to do is, like, this game's quite ugly. Yeah, I would, I yeah. would, I would make it look better. Mm-hmm. Um... And I would make the driving more satisfying and more impactful. I think there's a few genres where everything kind of has to start with feel. Yeah. And like, I think some genres you can get built opposite directions. Like, I think in RPG, the gameplay and like feel of the game doesn't matter quite as much as like as, the story, as a story and the or visuals. like it's sort of the mechanics of like the way your characters grow. Yeah. Whereas like, 
racing games, sports games, and prob maybe fighting games. Shooters too. Yeah. Yeah. Shooters, it's like if if your your core aspect doesn't feel satisfying, it's just really hard to want to go back to the game. Yeah. And then yeah. That, that's what comes up here, and that's also what comes up on the next game we play. I think so. Let's talk about Hot Wheels World's Best Driver. This was released September seventeenth, twenty thirteen. Developed by Firebrand Games once again, and published by Warner Brothers. And this was released on PS3, 360, 3DS, Windows, and iOS. Uh, really couldn't find much of anything about the development of this game, but we've talked about Hot Wheels this before. This is surprising. I bet, I bet there's substantially more Hot Wheels games than there are Fast and Furious games. Oh, yeah, no doubt, like, no doubt. It's one of those brands that's just kind of like made for the bargain bin. You yeah. know, it's just kind of goes straight to bargain bin. And we talked about a Hot Wheels game on uh, N64, and it was uh, fine. It was not particularly memorable, okay. but... I remember that one was very focused on like making your car do like a single flip or like okay. this, not not just one flip, but like there's one animation of a flip that you have to achieve over and over again. Okay. Uh, but it had like some twisty turny like loop-de-loops and stuff like that, which it, you have here as well. Yeah. And I think that Hot Wheels, like, I think they struggle in terms of what does that brand mean in the sense that like some of the Hot Wheels games like, oh, we're focusing on like what if you're actually driving a car that's the size of a Hot Wheel? Like, I had sure. one that I believe I got out of a cereal box for PC that I played a lot, mm -hmm. where I think it was called, like, Stunt Track Race or something, where you would, like, race through a bedroom or race through a, a greenhouse. And that's kind of like what the Micro Machines games do yeah, as well. Yeah, and I is, like that I like aesthetic that a lot. Yeah. Um, this game doesn't really seem to go that way. It's, no, it's trying for more realism, but it also will throw, like, a big orange Hot Wheels loop-de-loop -loop track in the middle of... <laughs> of like your realistic setting. Yeah, you're like in driving through the middle of the desert or the middle of a city. Yeah, and there's this, this, this bright orange loop and you're like, "Wait, what am I on a track here? What's going on?" I um, mean, so kind of the big hook of this game is that it tries to separate into uh four distinct styles of racing mm -hmm. that are kind of designated by which team you select. So if you choose the green team, it's all focused on speed, yeah, kind of your top, traditional top racing. Top speed is green. Yeah, blue team focuses on like precision driving, High so like tech. drifting stuff like yeah. that. Uh, yellow focuses on jumping. Powerful. And then red focuses on doing stunts. Well, red, yellow, Outrageous. yellow is also like monster trucks, dis destruction. Destruction. Just, it's just like yeah, yeah. It's like you want your cars really loud with really big wheels. So one of the sure. modes in yellow is just like drive up this steep hill. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Off-roading stuff. You know, uh, this, I, I like this as an approach. I do. Yeah. Like, same same as, like, the last game. Like, I don't have a problem with this core idea, and it allows them to get a lot of different vehicle types in here and a lot of different gameplay styles. And I can appreciate the variety. I think the problem I had is that it, none of them are very fun to play, and no. it's bad to control. This game's quite bad. It's uh, quite bad. It's quite bad. I all, I, I'm right there with you. Um, I also have a weird, I have an issue with the very weird way this game is set up. Like, yeah. The choosing of the team, you know, which is basically just like an extra step for your level select. Uh -huh. But you have to go back to the main screen to choose your team. Yeah. And this game also has a very weird thing where your sort of menu where you choose like, okay, I want to go look at my achievements or I want to select the next event or I don't even, or I want to change team. Yeah. Is in this sort of, deserted desert airfield yeah and so you have to like drive to these different warehouses you can still and like look to be clear you are put in the center of like a a, a quad you know mm -hmm. and your four places that you can go your four menu options are in these four cardinal directions so you don't need to go very far 
But you, but you, need, to also, go, you need to go farther than you think. You need to go farther than you should. Like, it probably takes and 10 also, seconds to drive from one to the other. And there's also just a whole lot of empty space around yeah. you. So if you have, you know, an interest to go explore, like... If you want to drive around a totally deserted, barren desert in a very boring red motorcycle, you can. You can. <laughs> like, but it's... Why? Why would you want to? Why would you need to? And, es- you, and especially when, like, they do have the menu option. If you just yeah. press start, it'll get you to the menu faster. Because what I want is this game to just allow me to have a whole series, like, just pop in and have one menu where you can easily choose the team and it just lays out whatever their missions are. And yeah. Because what, you know, like you said, the events in this game are pretty consistently boring. Yeah. So you kind of, you do one and you're like, oh, okay, I'm sick of that. I want to move on to the next one. Mm-hmm. But then you have to exit out three screens, select a different color team. Right. And then, you know, either drive somewhere or pull up the menu again. And like all the challenges are for the most part, like you're just in a car by yourself. Yeah. Um, like even the top speed ones, like you're just on an empty track and sort of weaving back and forth between these boost power ups and trying mm-hmm. to collect these colored. Are they pears? Like, they look like little apples that are colored. Whatever like your team is tokens with. I think it's supposed to be like a skull or something. Oh, they look I, more I, like pears. They look more like they look. They look more like a uh, runts candy. Yeah, like that's, that's exactly. What they that's, and they shatter in an in, a satisfying. Do you know way, what the runts candy that look like hearts are supposed to be? Strawberries. Okay. Yeah. That yeah, makes sense. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. I was curious that. about that too. Weirdly, okay. that was my go-to snack from the vending machine in my college dorm. So I ate a lot of runts and uh, okay. I stand for the banana shit. Okay. Ones. That was going to be my next question. Are you that, anti-banana? No, I'm very pro-banana. I'm, pro-banana. I'm, I'm a, right with you. That's I am, a delicious I am, flavor. I'm almost like more anti-banana in real life yes. than I am. Like the banana runs I love fake delicious. banana flavors for, or like those banana like double popsicles. Oh, oh yeah, those yeah. Are, that, oh, those were really good. Those were good. I those find good. that that is like the most controversial candy is the banana runts because right. some people are all in for them and some people are like, no, keep, I mean, keep that little bent weenie away from I me. I will grant you it doesn't taste like any other candy out there. Right. So like, but that's kind of why I like about it, you know. Yeah. Yeah. As you can see, we were very engaged by uh, <laughs> world's best driver. Yeah, this, uh, this conversation about runs is us more animated than we were the entire time playing this game <laughs> yeah. like so, you know but for all the variety it gives you it kind of just doesn't matter because all of your mechanics just feel really tossed off like your steering feels delayed yeah uh, it feels st- like the car doesn't turn so much as kind of lurch like frames get skipped and it yeah. lurches farther to the right or left and this game has like seven narrators and not one of them will tell you which fucking buttons to press. Yeah. Just press the drift button. Yeah, they, press the trick button to do tricks. Yeah, they kept Great. telling us that. It's like they would switch between like like I don't know, some some guy with this heavy French accent and yeah. then all of the cutscenes were like mono recordings of like clearly some team leader or something on the development team just reciting the rules of the game in a very dry way. Your motorcycle has the ability to do tricks in the air. Press one of the two trick buttons to do a trick in we, the air. We and pressed like, every button. Yeah, we, I don't know. I don't know and, what the trick button is yeah, supposed to be. Yeah, and let me say, none of, yeah, none of this was getting getting us hyped. No. And Even is, when they broke out like a snowmobile, I'm like, oh, wow, when's the last time I played a snowmobile racing game? Which, Let's, Polaris Snowcross. To be clear, snowmobile neither features wheels nor is hot. So, interesting yeah. case interesting yeah. case all right all right so uh this game is canceled yeah. forever yeah exactly. hot wheels canceled I mean, eternally it, this They're, game is kind of canceled forever because like you said like you couldn't find would, any information about who it. would play it. and yeah. i couldn't really i can't really think of a reason to play it no 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 uh, it, real compelling it, it, reason it's not even like 
bad in an interesting way. It's just kind of boring. Yeah, honestly, like if this game had looked a little worse, and yeah. we hit we had just played it on Ultra 64, I wouldn't have thought anything different about it. Like, totally. It yeah, this this would fit in pretty well on the N64. It might actually be much better on the N64. Yeah, it would give you more, uh, more room for grace. But. Um, well, I think that about covers our racing yeah. games for today. And it, it is interesting to see, like, we're kind of done with racing games wow. on the Wii U. Like, after two episodes. like That we would be nostalgic for all those racing games we played I know, on the N64. I know. We were so sick of them. I mean, <laughs> like... Okay, how many of them could you name, do you think, of the N64? Well, I know MRC, MRC because we talked about that every bit. fucking week. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all the cruising games, you know, okay. World, uh, USA, and Exotica. Yeah. Uh, was there, what, like, an off-road challenge? That I sounds think. like something, yeah, <laughs> okay. yeah. There was, a, there was a Lamborghini Pro Automobili. I remember that. That was a Titus game. There was Oh, um, Roadsters. Roadsters Titus is the games. one you liked, yeah, yeah. And the, there was one good one that we both liked that had, like, pretty good graphics, but now I can't remember. Oh, Ridge name. Racer. Yeah, we both that liked was Ridge pretty, Racer. No, that's not the one I'm thinking of. Oh, but, shit. Okay, well, this is this Oh, is really it was incredible. World Driver Championship. Yes. That's the one. World Speaking Driver Championship. Speaking of the tremendously generic titles, yeah. Uh, All right, well, let's move on to our rankings for these racing games this week. I'm going to kind of throw them together because I forgot to look before we it's, started it's, the it's show. It's a new tra- it's tradition. New it's tradition. just us haphazardly looking at your phone very quickly. Thinking on our feet. Yeah. Um, so, uh, obviously, uh, Need for Speed was the best of oh, these yeah. three. By, like by of, a large margin. Uh, uh, pre- by several uh, laps, I would <laughs> yeah, say. Exactly. I would say, to keep the parlance. Um, it's still not necessarily a game I would bust out like for my own personal amusement, but <laughs> I think it is uh, a quality, well-done game, <laughs> which means I'm going to put it underneath Transformers Prime and right above NBA 2K13. That puts it at number 21. Okay. Pretty comfortable position. I think Transformers Prime just surprised me more than this one Right. Did. I think this is a objectively a much better game than Transformers Prime. It probably is. It just is, doesn't. Yeah. You, you're, you're more in the camp for like cartoon robots than yeah. you are for like branded car content. Totally. Um, Fast and the Furious is going firmly in the corridor of games that are not good but are better than I thought they would be. <laughs> so it's going to be at number 38 right underneath Legend of K Anniversary and that puts it in the company with Devil's Third and Wonderful 101 are all okay. right in that little sandwiched yep. area. Wonderful 101 was worse than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, but. yeah, I guess that would be true. Um, and then uh, Hot Wheels World's Best Driver, pretty lame. Uh, I'm putting this one right above Hello Kitty Cruiser yeah. at number 53. That's one of those tricky parts because I feel like I would rather, like, it's. I think it's a better game than Hello Kitty Racers. Yes. But I feel like there's more fun to be had by busting out a Hello Kitty racers at a party or something. Totally. Yeah. I would, so, I mean, that's, that's where my rankings are going for those. Um, you know, they're, they're all, you know, racing games are more subjective than most, I think, you know, and if you're really into racing games, you might get a little more mileage out of <laughs> these than I did. Um, but you know, the fact that, I liked Need for Speed Most Wanted at all speaks volumes to its playability. Yeah, no, that's a good point because I think I'm very much in the same boat of appreciating how good of a game Need for Speed Most Wanted is, but also just kind of always, I'm always going to be frustrated about that driving and map in the corner. Um, I'm going to put it right above Axiom Verge, okay. which is number, so it's at number 25 behind the Amazing Spider-Man games. I'm totally with you that uh, Fast and Furious was the next best, but by a significant drop um, I'm gonna put that uh, right after Legend of K Anniversary, just okay. like you did, um, yeah. which is number 39. 
and a head of Star Fox Guard. Mm-hmm. And I don't even remember. It's Hot Wheels best driver ever. Best driver King ever. of the drivers. Drive until we drop <laughs> is uh, going to go right behind Hello Kitty. No, no, that's crazy. <laughs> it's going to go um, right behind Barbie and her sister's puppy rescue at number 54. All right. I think that makes mm. sense for all of these. I think those all work. Uh, well, thank you, everybody, for listening. We don't have any letters this week, but feel free to send them to uh, ultra64podcasts at gmail.com, or you can submit them on our website, which is ultra64podcast.com. And while we're plugging stuff, why don't you check out Patreon? That's patreon.com slash ultra64pod. Uh, as as of this recording, we just released the third in our four-part uh, retrospective on Mortal Kombat. We're getting to the good ones, Getting people. to the good ones, and we're going to do an episode on Parappa the Rapper next mm-hmm. week, so we're going to be uh, getting real cute and cuddly with that. <laughs> and then just, there's hundreds of episodes on there, almost a hundred, almost plural hundreds. Wow. There's so many episodes in our it's Patreon uh, going back for a few years now, so and check also, it out. And also, to plug something, go support your local Cinnabon. They yeah. have these overpriced cinnamon rolls that are like super delicious, and you feel gross after eating them and they're so healthy for you yeah healthy make sure pecans. you get the pecan one yeah with pecans or uh with sprinkles Those yeah are the, ca- the kale one yeah absolutely kale, kale cinnabon yeah Ooh, that sounds horrible <laughs> all right everybody uh tune in next week uh we are Wait. playing Uh-oh. can i can i can i audible yeah are you audibling okay. we're audibling we're okay. playing whatever madden game is well, on we're doing it okay. we're doing it it's happening because right. next week super bowl that's right i'd forgotten about that owl that everyone seems to like so much yeah. apparently he's superb also you forgot in the sense that you never put any you never put it in your mind no so you didn't actually forget it did not, i <laughs> actively try to forget yeah. it's happening but no i think that's a good call because we'll uh we'll we'll talk about some foosball around foosball season and mm-hmm. we'll also uh remember the late john madden yep. who we who we lost not too long ago so all right good audible we're playing madden 2k 13 <laughs> next week wait you just made up a game that doesn't exist. Madden NFL 13. Because okay. the 2K Madden. was a different franchise. Yeah, that's that, those are enemies <laughs> it's the, there. Yeah, it's like, exactly. the, it's like the, the, the Tesla Edison. I don't know. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, we will see you next week for some football action, kind of closing out our sports games, too. Wow. wow. Sports well, I don't even know what we have left. It's weird. It feels we have, like we have quite a few left. No, but, I know we but do. But sports, it feels and, like uh, sports and racing are pretty much done for it's us. It's somehow like when I try to like exercise my brain and be like, what games are coming up? Like, I can't visualize any of them. Right. Yeah, do. yeah. I mean, we. I know we still have like some Call of Duties. We okay. got some, uh, some, some, some Darksiders. We got okay. some, we got a lot of dancing games, a okay. lot of singing games. Yeah, there's, there's still some stuff coming up. We like to up. sing and dance and visit, visit the f- far realms. We do. All of those things. All right. Well, we will see you next time. Bye-bye. Room, room. Couldn't slow down, so we had to crash it. You use plastic, we bout cash. I see some people ahead that we 